0: And welcome to Across the County. I'm Noah. Thanks for joining me. Well, today we were getting an update, and we still are, from my good friend Chad Stewart, author of Britfield and the Lost Crown, on an amazing creativity and a book tour at the same time. And there was lots of young minds being influenced and just really getting engaged Obviously, with what is going on with the coronavirus, I was actually just thinking about that on the way into the studio today, that the book tour probably didn't continue on like it was going to, but there's an interesting dynamic that we're going to be talking about. But before any of that, let's get Chad on. Let's talk how the, you know, the last leg of the book tour, before it was kind of come to a halt, fared for him, some of the feedback he was getting, and we'll go from there. Chad, thanks for coming back on the show.
1: Oh, thank you, man. It's uh, it's great, great being back. Always fun to catch up and talk with you. So um, lots of things to talk about. But um, for sure.
0: And you that. were in Memphis, Tennessee when uh, everything broke out. So you know, tell us, you know, kind of the last leg of that tour, how it was going, and then we'll you know branch out from there.
1: Yeah, it's interesting because we had some really exciting plans for two thousand twenty. And as you can imagine, everything takes a lot of time and in, in planning, especially a school tour. Yeah. It's not like. It's not like we just suddenly have a list of 250 schools that we're going to go to. We've got to we've got to research them, we've got to contact them, we've got to set it up. And the way that the tour moves is it's usually one state at a time. And so it's like if we can't book you in that in that time period, you know, then then we can't book you. And so you know just a, I had a huge team behind it and, and a lot of planning, and uh, we had a really wonderful tour in spring and fall last year. And uh, so we were really planning a very, very bold one. I was actually going to hit 27 states, you know, and uh, basically taken off again from California and then headed up, you know, uh, through the South and then um, all the way up, you know, like uh, Tennessee, Kentucky, Ohio, Michigan, and then over to, you know, through Pennsylvania, New England, all the way up to Maine, all the way down the coast, you know, Georgia, all the way down to Florida and back. That was the tour. It was a big tour. Try to wrap yeah, trying to wrap it up. It was going to be pretty cool. <laughs> and trying to wrap it up around, you know, like kind of June, kind of that last week. And I'm sorry, that first week in June. And so I guess, I guess about six weeks ago, you know, we were off and rolling and uh, kicked off really strong in California again. Had a really, I mean, literally that first week in January. Uh, we were up in LA. We were at all these great schools. I mean, even some of these, um, public schools in sort of tough areas in los angeles just phenomenal i mean just kids were just so excited we did we did amazing book sales but a lot of these schools they'd 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 gone above and beyond um and been really inspired by you know Brifield and lost crown and they they did like these huge like projects they did these huge uh cards that were like three feet by four feet and they like <laughs> with like the logo and some of the things on it and so it's really cool to see how that was working and then we and then i uh, i went through um, i was in uh, Arizona. I was in Phoenix, Arizona, for a week. I was up in uh, back into Santa Fe. I was in Oklahoma City for one week, and uh, all of Oklahoma. I was in Texas for uh, three weeks. If you can imagine, Texas is so big—about 29 million. Yeah. Um, people, but, uh, we were in Dallas again. And so I've done about 15, 16 schools in Dallas. We did four Title I schools in Dallas, which was really, really cool. We were working with a nonprofit there to try to bring literacy back into the classrooms. And so that was a really great collaboration. And then I was down in, um, you know, Austin and San Antonio and Houston. And then I was in Louisiana for a week, all the way down to, uh, New Orleans and, uh, all through Louisiana. That was very interesting. Uh, and then back up through Texas. And then, uh, I was in, um, Jackson, Mississippi. And so finally, you know, there I was in Memphis, Tennessee, we had four schools back to back Monday, Tuesday, in Memphis, Tennessee. And during that kind of time, I was already kind of seeing that the tour just wasn't going to be working. And this is when this whole thing was kind of breaking. Yeah. And so it's kind of hard because it's like, and the funny thing is, is I've never been to Kentucky and I just wanted to get to Kentucky. <laughs> I just, I just always thought, I mean, I, I love horses and there's just something really cool about Kentucky. I'm
0: Kentucky like, was right the goal. There.
1: I know, I'm like right there. And I'm like, and we booked some schools in Kentucky and I'm like, nope, got to turn around. Yeah. So I literally had a drive, you know, it's uh, about a 20 hour drive. And I, obviously I broke it up, but I drove all the way back to California. So we were kind of trying to do a, a little bit in Southern California. as so this whole thing was, if you will, kind of rumbling with the uh with the virus and we had some schools booked and then all of a sudden I was, I was kind of waiting because it's like i had one like i think it was like thursday and i had one tuesday and i was like i was kind of waiting for them to cancel you know and then i think it was friday they said i'm sorry that the school's closed and so it just it 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 completely wiped out you know the whole school tour and i think what's interesting to, to talk about is you know if it was from a national standpoint, that's really, really tough. but but given that Briffield's is a global book and we can shift into sort of our global tour, then you could kind of pivot and say, you know what? let's focus on our Eastern European tour. But considering the whole thing is completely global um, and 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 you just simply really can't go out, travel or do anything, um, we had to sort of we basically had to shut it down. So, since then um we've moved to online and we've been doing a lot of fun webinars. So I've actually got my fourth webinar tomorrow at nine a m oh good so uh, yeah, so that's been real fun it's been it's it's kind of taking the presentation that I did um and putting it onto a webinar um zoom, you know so I, it's live and and you get to see me and uh Usually, I think we had about. We have a capacity of 100. I think the last time we were out, we had um, like 90. I think 87 or 90 people sign up, so it was pretty cool, and um, and w- they've gone really well. And now, they, are these schools, free- Chad,
0: or are these individuals?
1: Uh, oh, these are, yeah, these are these are individuals. The difference is you can't really do it with a school. But there was one school that we were at in Memphis. Um, and uh, uh, one of the women, um, Charlene, fantastic librarian. She's like, Oh my gosh, you're doing this! She goes, I'll get 40 kids on there. So, you know, so she kind of put it out to the students, and all the kids can just link, you know, hook on the link and yeah. and attend. So it's not, it's kind of, it's and we've we've had a lot of teachers, and the teachers are pushing it out, you know, to their students and things like that. So they don't have to be at school or, or do it. But um, I have retooled it, you know, because you're going to have a different audience. You know, you're gonna, it's not
0: just oh, a, it's not the here. same, yeah.
1: Yeah. So, which is fun. I mean, it's, it's still some of the same things that I was talking about, but I go a lot more in depth and you'd enjoy it. But I talk a lot more about um, writing and, and like, I have like 10, 10 key things to know about writing. And then you'll like this. I use star Wars. As a reference, that everything you want to learn about writing, you can learn from the first Star Wars movie. Hey, you,
0: I, you want to know what uh, George built an empire, uh, so to speak? Knock on, you know, uh, wood or whatever you want to knock on. Uh, <laughs> built a galaxy, you know, knock on the galaxy too. And that really, he really just took that movie, which he didn't think was going to be more than nope. uh, you know than than just a popcorn flick, and it went global beyond mm. his wildest dreams. Why? Because the creative process behind everything that George did yeah. was so. Intricate, and that's what put him above everybody else.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I just I love using it as a reference. I tell people, look, it, whether you like Star Wars or you don't like Star Wars, you look at things that succeed and you ask yourself, why? Why? Yeah. What can I learn from that? And so it's like, oh, I don't like Star Wars, or I've never seen it, or something. It's just like, well, you probably should, considering we're we're here almost half a century later. Uh, the first the first Star Wars movie was the second highest grossing domestic film and cinematic. History. That's right, uh, and it's done. And it's done between thirty and fifty billion dollars worldwide. You know what's oh, funny, Chad? Real quick,
0: as you go back and yeah. you watch those original Star Wars movies, you oh, know, so I mean, they're they're back. You know, in uh, nineteen seventy-seven for the original, yeah. the, you know, that Empire Strikes Back three years later, and they're still some of the best movies they around.
1: Are. Oh, they are. Yeah, they just they are. They're timeless. It's like, and they, and I, I think even with the way that special effects and Obviously, I mean it's a, it's just amazing. You don't really know what's real anymore now, and they can know, they can do anything. But even back then, I think they still stand that test of time. I think they're still. It's not like cheesy looking at them, you know, and saying ah, we've come so far. I think I, not only is it a great story, and it's interesting, and it's just fascinating, but I think even the special effects still, if you will, stand the test of time.
0: You know? I would I mean, rather watch true. some of those yeah. movies. Chad. I'll tell you why because you you look at the the practical effects that they're using from a creative standpoint, and mm-hmm. because they're using models and miniatures. Uh, yeah. And the stop motion, there's depth to it, and you really see it like yeah. coming at your mind's eye. And I think you lose a lot of that in today's digital world.
1: Yeah, it's just kind of weird. You know, I know what you mean. It's like when when you have a huge audience in the back and they're not real, or you have someone walking down a dock and they're walking by, you know, uh, 18th century sailing ships, but they're not real. You know, I, I I don't know. It's just It's kind of a. It's interesting. It's it's pretty cool, and, I'm, and it's a lot easier than building those ships, but. But uh, I don't know. It's kind of a disconnect from reality. It's so virtual now in that virtual reality world.
0: So we'll we'll get into actually the movie uh, here in just a moment uh, that you're going to be working on with Britfield and the Lost Crown. If people are just joining us on Across the County, I'm Noah Chad Stewart, my guest. He's the author of Britfield and the Lost Crown. Be part of this movement because it's going to be a seven-book series, a movie series that's going to blow your mind. It's a fast-paced middle school adventure novel that transports you the reader from the smoldering crags of Yorkshire through the heart of England and finally to the magnificent shores of Dover it's so interactive and real world and you can go on britfield.com and check out and there's real places that's what i love about britfield is all of these places in the book are places you can actually go and see so it's not just in your mind's eye which is really what chad wanted to do so chad let's get on to creativity here for for just a moment i know that more wards have been one from the from the book uh, but creativity now that people are doing a lot more home time, especially kids so yeah. important and they could use this really to their advantage to learn more, to read more, to take it up to the next level because as you and I talked about post-virus, whenever that is and it will happen, uh, things are going to be different and even yeah. more so you need that extra edge
1: yeah no, I agree, I was going to say one thing to recap um go ahead. school tour, just just as a yeah, recap, yeah, go ahead we, I ended up driving nine thousand miles, eighteen states, over one hundred and fifty schools and over thirty thousand students. Wow, so it was like, wow. <laughs> you know, cause it's funny because like when we first talked I and mean, we talked back in, in March or April or something, and it was like we kind of had just kicked it off with the spring tour two thousand and nineteen and you know that's that's a lot. I and mean, is lot the rest
0: of the North American traffic. tour canceled, or are you eventually going to go back once this is the, in the rear view mirror and finish it?
1: I'd like to. I was di- I mean As you know, I was, I'm originally from Newport Beach, California. I was back east uh, in Wellesley, Massachusetts, for 16 years. So I was really looking forward to going back east and and going to the schools. And and again, too, as much as I'd seen back there, there was still so much I hadn't seen, and I was really looking forward to driving. Especially to- Kentucky. And, and <laughs> Kentucky, I know. Yeah, I'll get there. But anyway, um, so no, we can we can go on with creativity. I just wanted to kind of talk about. Yeah, that. yeah, yeah. It, it is. It's a nice hook because. With, with Britfield and Lost Crown in the series, and we launched the first book on August 15th of last year, and we're pushing that out nationally and eventually internationally, uh, we also founded the Britfield Institute. And I really um, recommend anyone um, that's interested in creativity to go to the org site, because we, we spent a lot of time, a lot of research. We have um, tons and tons of research about how important creativity is. We've got a great board. We've got a great advisory board.
0: And you guys and are have a recent uh, 501c3 certified now.
1: Yes. Yeah, we got our uh, we got our official nonprofit status from the federal government back uh, in January. That's great. So that was great. So yeah, so it's good. And uh, so I, I've actually really been focusing on that uh, during this time too, and pushing that out and building the team. In fact, we had our first um, uh, board meeting. Uh, Friday. How'd that go? It was, conference. it was a conference. Yeah, it was good. Well, actually, I'm sorry. It was our first our first board meeting of the year because um, I was kind of hoping this thing would clear up and we could meet. We've we've already met like three times, but it's just like so. It was kind of our first on on the phone conference call, but yeah, not um, as fun. But uh, you do what you got to do and stuff. So that was good. But um, no, so it's just interesting with creativity, and it's and it's, you and I were talking about it earlier and. I've, I've been researching. I come from a very creative background, as one can imagine, and, and I've been researching creativity for the last 10 years. You know, just as someone might research something else, they might research science or engineering or, or whatever subject. I've been researching creativity um, and doing a deep dive into it. And, and through all that research, I was realizing, you know, um, just how important a skill set that it is. But, but as I was finding, I was finding that it's, it's, it's the actual most important skill set that, that, a, that a child and an adult can have. And, uh, and I've been saying that for like three to four or five years. And really, I am starting to see, um, uh, I'm starting to see, how can I say it sort of the, the, the cracks out there, meaning it's like, it's, it's like no one's really talking about it, but I have all the research. It's like, I've always said, it's this, this grand tidal wave that's going to hit the nation and it's coming. And I, and I have all the research to say, this tidal wave is coming. It's like some of the research is that, uh, you know, real quick, we as a nation, have been decreasing uh, uh, in creativity over the last 20 years. So, so for 20 years, in 10 specific areas, we, we, the children at schools and education have been de- decreasing. If you could just do a, a straight line, like a 45-degree angle, for 20 years, we've been down on that massive, massive downward spiral. and everything. It's everything from communication to critical thinking to collaboration, all the things that, that, that flow within creativity. So in 10 distinct areas, uh, your students, your children have been de- decreasing. For the last 20 years now on the other side of it i've been seeing all the research saying that creativity is going to be the most important skill in the world and i just i just had an article that i posted about a week ago that said creativity is now the most important skill in the world and there's another another article i posted a couple days ago that said uh, uh, creativity is the number one most important soft skill of 2020. They're I agree with that. It, it, I mean, speci- it, yeah.
0: Especially when, you, when you're talking about uh, in a society that was already automating a lot of jobs, a society yeah. that was you know wanting to save a buck with that, and now you put the virus on top of that, which is yeah. more people are working from home. It's going to be impacted even more. I think any time now, you're going to see creativity just come to the forefront almost in any industry.
1: Well, yeah, I'll, I'll look forward to kind of talking about that, because I have a theory about, you know, we'll talk a little bit about what's happening, transition, um, what's, what good will come out of this, because I know a lot of people are struggling, people are losing their jobs. Sure, they some are. Moms are going crazy, <laughs> homeschooling,
0: you know. When do they That's go back, back to school, school again?
1: Yeah, you know, and, and there's so many elements to it, because it's, it's like, I know that, that, that in some stores and stuff, stuff has been bought out, you know what I mean, and, and um, although they're trying to restore it, but I was thinking, gosh, think about just the mom with like three or four kids that are Normally, in school, um, now she's got to feed them. You know, she's got to feed them the breakfast, the lunch. You know yep. what I mean? And, and sometimes they might be, you know, just they might have a simple sack lunch, or they might be eating at the cafeteria, or whatever it is. You know, just all those all those things that they have to deal with. But I I have a real interesting theory. Let's hear it. Actually, we could, we could just dive into it. But I'm I am wondering uh, a couple things. One is, is as kids are coming home from school, and let's just take the public school, which has been in a massive downcline. It isn't just damaged. It's basically destroyed. And it's not a criticism against the teachers out there that are working really hard. It's just a system that's broken, like Common Core. is just horrific. And it was one of the final nails in the coffin. Plus, it's the push towards all the mathematics and all this other stuff, why why they're squeezing creativity out of the classroom, right? The arts is the first thing to get cut. In fact, that's the one thing that should stay. And I'll say one thing about math, and I think math is important. But what are you going to do with it? You know, you push it for years, and you go from from algebra to geometry to trig- trigonometry. What are you going to do with it? Unless
0: you're a so unless scientist you're, or a math teacher, there's not much to exactly. do with it.
1: And I and I can tell you this: I was I was I was an architect. I was in uh, banking, and I was in finance. You know, working for Morgan Stanley Merrill Lynch. I never needed anything beyond basic math. Yeah, and and. Um, And with that said, too, it's all done by the computer now. And I'm not trying to excuse not learning math. I'm just saying, do you need three or four years of it? And does it have to be one of those concrete things? It's just its utterly ridiculous. Why don't you have a music class? Why don't you do a creativity class? Why don't we push creative writing more? Or all these different things. And I have have a lot of ideas. But this is my theory. So as kids are coming home now, and they're being homeschooled, Mm -hmm. and the homeschool market which is right around about 2.5 million kids and it's been it's 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 had a massive spike as you can imagine it's growing exponentially oh yeah part of it is it's kind, of, kind of a it's kind of a leaving the public school system, which is just horrific. And then you also have the charter system. I mean, just in California, I think we have over a 1,000 charter schools. What does that tell you about the public system? But needless to say, this is my theory, is out of a 100 students that are coming home, and the parents are really connecting. They're reconnecting with their kids. Maybe some of them didn't want to, per se, or they're you know, be busy, and I get that. But I'm saying they're connecting with their kids. They're having to get them organized. They're having to have teach them at home. And I think one thing, they're finding out what these kids are learning and where they are in their in their learning curve, and I, and more than likely, it's 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 going to be a massive shock that they don't know more, that they're not well, you know, better read. Uh, but the other side of it is is the agenda that's being pushed in a lot of these schools. Big time crap, crap and garbage that's that's being if you will right. forced on something as as young as five year old. And
0: that's putting it behind mildly.
1: Behind that, and there's a reckoning coming for those fiends and demons out there that are pushing their agenda crap. Education
0: isn't about uh, education anymore. It's about, hey, how can we indoctrinate our kids, and how soon can we do it?
1: It's a socialistic model. It's a broken model. It's a model that was founded in the 1900s based on a factory model. It's never changed, it's only gotten worse. But my theory is simply this. Out of the 100 kids that come home, how many of that 100 will go back to school? You know, and, and, and I'm just wondering, is it is it is it will will 100 kids go back to school, go back to the public schools or are there, there going to be five or 10 percent of the bombs to say, you know what, I, I don't want to send you back there. You're way behind on this. And since you've been back home, your reading has improved or, you know, I, we've, we've, we've been able to do all these exercises or, you know what, you don't need eight hours. I can do it all in three hours. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'll be just stuck at the school in this again factory system the bells ring like a factory it's lunchtime it's break time you know
0: well, and, especially and with the involved factory. parents chat especially if the parents involved in their you know they're doing the homeschool and they see they're like hey well junior here is uh you know showing improvement in xyz he's learning a lot more than it was when he was going to the public school maybe there's exactly. something to this
1: so my theory is this um will 100 kids return or will it be 90 kids that return. Could you imagine a 10% decrease across the nation?
0: I could easily see it. I could easily see it. So
1: I don't know. It's just, it's just a theory. I don't know the numbers. But I think it's something interesting to think about. So I think a lot of good is going to come out of this. But we can take the conversation wherever you want to go. We can talk about the European trip. We can talk about the film. Well,
0: well, we well I know that about. the European trip yeah. was scheduled for the fall originally. So I imagine, and depending on how long this corona goes on for and we will get to the other side of it. And I'll probably be pushed back, I imagine, till 2021. But what I would really like to focus on real quickly, because I want to get to uh, yeah. the movie before we leave, is where you would like to possibly start it, because there's so much uh, awesomeness and freedom in the country of Georgia, which you and I talked about off the oh, air, yeah. breaking away from Russia. And it really yeah. ties into a theme in Britfield in The Lost Crown. And just talk a little bit about that.
1: Yeah. And so, you know, we've talked so much about, you know, our our, uh, national tour, which has been fun. You know what I mean? I just I really wanted to get out and see the different schools and states and meet teachers and students. And let me just recap it by saying this, because it's like, what did I discover? What did I learn? And again, I had a working working hypothesis, a theory, if you will, that kids are kids, that it doesn't matter what school they're at. And it doesn't matter what demographic they're in, especially at that age between 10 and, and, and 12 years old. They're, they're amazing. They're exciting. They're brilliant. They're creative. And that is what I found, everything from, from Jackson, Mississippi, you know, public school to the bowels of, of New Orleans to you name it. Kids are kids. I didn't see any difference. And and, you know, just met some great teachers and met some great librarians. So I kind of wanted to recap it, but I'm really. But I wanted to say all that to say this um, is that really the United States for us for Britfield Lost Crown and our mission and our movement is really just our pilot program. And I know so many people get so consumed with the United States, and it's like, oh, I got to succeed here, and it's just like you know, whatever. It's like it's just one country. You know, I mean, you gotta you gotta have a vision. You gotta think bigger. And so we were really excited about our, our global tour and, uh, starting in Europe. I love Europe. I lived in Europe for like years. i was in England for a couple of years. I've traveled all through Europe. And I've just, I have a, I have a great heart for Europe. I mean, my last name's Stuart. So there's some Scottish ancestry there, Irish. We actually even have Polish ancestry, which is, I'm very, very proud of and, and, and very cool. And I've never been to Poland. That's the one country I haven't been to yet, but I love Eastern Europe. And so, um, through, through one of my connections and friends, we, we, we've already met with the ambassador or, or an ambassador for Georgia, and he actually lives in San Diego um, and is uh, and back and forth all the time. In fact, they just did this huge show, television show, on him. But anyway, um, so Georgia would be our first country to kind of um, uh, stepping, you know, stepping into Eastern Europe, and I really like Eastern Europe because, again, a little bit like what we were talking about, is Eastern Europe is just it's kind of something very very. <clears throat> cool about it. They've always been at the crossroads of of world history and wars. They've always been divided. I mean, we were talking a little bit about Poland and I I just love Poland. I think Britfield will be a huge smash in Poland and uh, could even be book of the year. I just I just have that sense about it. And I just think the Polish people are great, but they've always been at the crossroads. You know, you got Germany on one side, Russia on the other side. They've been attacked. They've been divided up. They've been cut up over over the centuries and along you know like the Czech Republic. It used to be Czechoslovakia, you know, now it's divided into two. And I just think Eastern Europe for the Britfield tour would be phenomenal because they relate to the whole theme of it. You know, number one, it's about family and friendship, loyalty and courage. But beyond that, it's it's about two orphans, Tom and Sarah, that are stuck in this horrible, oppressive <clears throat> orphanage up in Yorkshire, Northern England. And so what does that orphanage represent? You know, for a lot of people it could represent you know, a terrible, terrible situation that you're in, a terrible company that you're working for, maybe even a country or an oppressive country or a socialistic country. But I'm just saying that there's so much symbolism in it. And all Tom and Sarah want to do is break out of that of that situation where they have this, the people that are over them are abusing their power uh, for nefarious means and to serve themselves. And all Tom and Sarah want to do is escape and they just want freedom. And they just want to have fun growing up and they just want to be left alone. And I just think those themes will resonate with people like in Poland or Georgia, I mean Georgia's a classic example. You know, they, they, Russia has been nipping at their heels. You know, for for two or three centuries, very
0: long you know, time. Starting,
1: starting, I think, with Peter the Great, yeah. they kind of encroached on there, and then recently they've they've encroached and took off a big chunk of it. And so, you know, so you have this little country, Georgia. I think there are only four million. Um, I'm, I'm sorry if I'm not if I'm not maybe eight million. But I think it's like about four million population. What I love about Georgia is Georgia just the pro-American, the pro-family um uh and a pro freedom and and so like a book like Britain lost Crown about escaping you know the 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 the, tyra- the tyranny of of, of, of of tyrants if you will
0: I think it would resonate I, huge there chad
1: yeah and so that's and so 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 we're excited but it's interesting because I actually i called the ambassador a couple weeks ago um just to touch base and see what was happening because I was like is it is it as bad over there and he's like nope no nope, they're all locked down so I'm like he went over there and Way over Eastern Europe, Georgia, you know, they're dealing with it. Uh, they're on lockdown, and so it's just like, it's uh, it's one of those kind of tough things. But anyway, that's you know, it will happen whether it's the fall of, of 2020 or, or spring of 2021. Well, he that's good that that, that
0: that will happen, because I, I think that's going to be huge yeah. for the book. Again, if you want to check out more about Britfield and the Lost Crown, go to Britfield.com. Britfield.com. Also, the Britfield Institute is a nonprofit that is really all about getting creativity and, uh, and spreading that across the globe. Britfieldinstitute.org. And, Chad, we got a couple of minutes left here, and I don't want to miss this, because I'm very excited about it. I have been since you planted the idea in my head. Where are we in development with the Britfield? Field movie plans, location, casting—I want to hear it all.
1: Yeah, so um, we're kind of in the in the pre-pre stages. I, I had fixed it in my mind uh, last year. I mean, we, we all know there's going to be a movie. Um, that's part of the whole plan. Um, in fact, it's like I, I think almost everyone, bar a few, that read and Lost Crown*, just just they ask me two questions: When's book two coming, and will there be a movie? And yes, there'll be a movie. And most of them say it reads like a movie.
0: It does. And 100% a lot, a it does. A lot of that is
1: not, yeah, a lot of that is, is not, is, is part of this for my love of movies and film, but also that my training as a writer was in script writing. So I think I, I had already unbeknownst to myself or subconsciously had set it up in a perfect structure. But we're already in talks with um, a couple people in Hollywood, and one, in fact, a really neat guy who's been retired for about, um, a, you know, uh, gosh, I don't know, 10, 10 years or something, he heavily, heavily involved in Hollywood, very, very well connected and um and i sent him a book i guess about three or four weeks months ago he like and it he read it and he loved it he loved it and and what's so great is it's it's, it's 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 usually not a problem people people really enjoy it but they either get it or they don't and they're like wow and 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 for him it was kind of a wow experience because he, he didn't just see it as this great story fun and entertaining but he saw it as a timeless classic he saw he saw that it had no boundaries on demographics. It wasn't it wasn't geared towards one particular group. You know, it's it's great with conservatives. It's great for mainstream because it's just about family and it's based in, in, in current time. It's about reality. So totally sees it a movie. So right now he's he's putting it out there and, and, um, and pulling some strings. Meanwhile, um I'll get more serious probably in May and I'll I'll okay. start to break it I'll break, I'll start to break it down and structure it. Um step one of the first steps would be is to find a a seasoned script writer, you know, because I, I won't try to write the script, I'll be involved in it, but I I'll want someone and you want someone that's uh, and we're talking we're talking, you know, expert, we're talking perhaps award winning. I always saw that uh I always saw that this whole thing would be put together by just by just a perfect classic team. This is not gonna be your Hollywood movie um run by hollywood you know this is this will be this will be a, a devanfield productions in affiliation with aspects of hollywood we already have connections to pretty much anyone that we want to get to in the industry
0: well i would if imagine if you one. fished out to yeah. hollywood anyway you would you would lose a lot of the creativity which is definitely something you don't want to do
1: yeah so we'll have complete creative control over it. I okay. budgeted it at around forty million, and so it doesn't sound like a lot for for a film, but you have to understand by Hollywood standards when I say forty million dollars, that's probably about a hundred and fifty million dollar hollywood film and i'm not, and I'm not joking. Nothing would change the quality It, it would be a hundred and fifty million dollars but when you're working outside of Hollywood because as far as I'm concerned, Hollywood is dead, and uh, the stuff they're putting out is Need, need, need to say more. but um, So it would be right around, let's say, $35-40 Hopefully, we can shoot it in Britain. Um, and again, too, it doesn't have to be, but I just think for the authenticity, I think it would be really cool. And I think Britain would work with us. It comes down to tax credits and a lot of those kind of things. Oh, you sure. A great English. A great English I wouldn't try to. I wouldn't be try. I wouldn't be casting. You know, uh, American actors doing British accents and stuff. So, and I hope that um, you
0: can pull off the on-location thing because I got to tell you, there's yeah. so much. there there's so many films and TV shows. One of my favorite uh, TV shows was uh, the Young Indiana Jones Chronicles, and one of the oh, main yeah. reasons behind that was when they shot it, it was all on location, and you got yeah. just you really got into the story so much more.
1: Yeah, it's funny too with Hollywood today. I, I was watching a series on—I uh, like watching some of the series—and we get, you know, you kind of come in late. And it's already like in season five, and it's like you catch it, and you just go all the way through it. But it's like you're like—it's like New York, or it's this or that, and you find out it was just—it was shot in Toronto. I mean, I, most most of Hollywood series are all shot in in Canada now. You know yep. what I mean? And That's so right. Toronto is a great place for New York cities and stuff like that but it's, it's part of it it's kind of disappointing you know what i mean because it's like i don't know it's just like you feel kind of tricked but um you know and so i just think it'd be really cool to shoot the whole movie there so uh can you imagine doing site locations how much fun would that be but uh, no so we're, we're definitely uh pushing forward into it we're we're in we're in talks right now we're starting we'll start our planning stages in, in may um, one of the first steps to pull we'll, 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 to get the script I've already I've already done it in my mind is a script um, I've already broken it down because what you have is uh, if it's a two hour movie you've got 120 pages because yep. every page right. is a minute and so in some ways what you have though is you have, a, you have about a 300 page book and so what goes what gets cut but again that film is very visual so I might spend a paragraph describing a scene of Windsor Castle but obviously when you do your opening shot in one second boom there it is and so but I've already kind of cut the movie. I've already figured it out. Um, Good. But we'll, we'll, get a, we'll get a seasoned script writer. I mean, someone someone that, that comes from an action-adventure background, and it can push this thing forward. And, um, and, and, and to know what dialogue to keep and what dialogue to cut. So that'll be a very interesting process.
0: Yeah, for sure. Because uh, it's definitely a fast-paced yeah. book, and you, you're definitely going to want to keep that. You don't want to have anything that's going to drag it down.
1: See, I think this could be. I mean, because what we see is uh, with Brickfield Lost Crown is we see a we see a global phenomenon, I and mean, that's what we're going for. This is this is a very very long journey for us. So it's not just the launch of a book and it's a bestseller. I mean, we've already sold Brickfield's already sold 95 percent more books than all books ever published will sell in a lifetime. Yeah, it's we've a movement. Done that with book one, so uh, which is exciting. But I think for Britain, this this would be an amazing. Um, movie for them because I, I, as you were kind of talking, I was thinking, you know, this would just, I mean, this is Britain's always going to be on the map, but this would, this would be something so exciting, it would bring such tourism. Oh, to, big time. Oh, yeah. You know, because it's like, I mean, what, what other movies do you really have? I mean I remember like there was the Da Vinci Code and some of that was shot um, in in England and in, in Scotland and so and so that helped with tourism. I mean you have the whole Harry Potter series.
0: Well, especially like uh, when of, you when you compare yeah. it to Harry Potter, you can't ever go visit things yeah. that are in the movie because the place doesn't exist. When you take That's Britfield in yeah. the Lost Crown where it happens in actual locations, okay, the movie comes out, you see the movie, you're like I want to go there. Guess what? You can go there. Yeah, I
1: mean imagine imagine like uh, the daily tourism for Windsor castle after Britain lost crown movie comes out. I mean, it would, it would probably spike by a hundred percent. I mean, everything about it would be beneficial because, because the whole story exists as a tribute to England. You know, I, 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 I come from a, from a background of, of British ancestry. I mean, our last name was Stuart. So you had a you had a over a hundred, hundred year reign of, of the Stuarts, although not a good one. And, uh, but uh, so, so I've always had that that great impact. I lived there. I was a British literature major. So everything about British and Lost Crown, for me, is a tribute for my love of the country and my love of the people. I yes. love the British people. I've, 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 everyone I've met there, I've always connected with, and and they're just great people. They're good people. They're they kind of the salt of the earth. And so it's a tribute. And so like the book doesn't doesn't downplay it or, or have a nefarious side to it that would make the country look bad. And so it's just a great place to shoot. And um, and the thing is, is, I think with Hollywood, if we go, go on the Hollywood side of it, uh, like with the actors, and we have a couple in mind um, to play some of the lead roles. But I, I think it's the, the gentleman that you were
0: mentioning before. Can you give any hints on who he possibly is? Or do we got to wait a little longer for this?
1: We'll we don't have to wait, but it's just, we have we haven't made any form of approach yet. I mean, that's, okay. that's a ways off. But um, uh, if we get him, I've got a, I've got someone else that I had always seen um, for uh, Detective um, Gowerstone. Uh, but we we have two alternatives and stuff, and then some other actors that would be great for some of the leads. And then with the kids, of course, I don't have anything um, or the orphans, which is kind of fun because that's an open casting call. And we were actually thinking where we could do something, even like across Britain, where we kind of like America's Got Talent, where we went to like. You know, six or seven um, uh, uh, cities and did an open open casting call. Final you know?
0: question or, about the movie, and I, and I imagine the answer is yes. One thing I loved about and whether you liked it or you didn't is it, it, is not the point. And I know your stance on it. Whether you like Harry Potter or not, one of the things that I know that I loved about the movies for the most part, because there was a couple of actors that changed, was that, most of the actors in it you had for all seven movies is that sure. something that you're looking to do with britt field and the lost crown in this series because i feel like you grow up with the kids and that is yeah. such a magical moment
1: oh no i agree and, and that's a great point and um that's why it's a little it's a little tricky at Sarah, are 12 and then in book 2 they're 13 but again too it's like you know, sometimes some of the actors that are cast are 16 playing 12 because they look young. But, but again, it, it always it always, it always comes to the problem of, you can call it the sound of music problem where it took them, I think, 18 months to shoot the movie, maybe two years. Yeah. But some of the kids were growing really fast and so they had to do a lot of hype things with them. But, um, I would definitely want to keep the same, the same crew and, uh, and actors and stuff. But I, I was going to say too, I, I think it's a type of movie where you would get a lot of A list actors that would just want to play a bit part because it would just be fun involved in Brickfield. And so it it could be just a a small scene or the cab driver or whoever. It's like, I think Daniel Craig had played a stormtrooper.
0: I was just going to say say that. that. It's It's something now that has kind of become a Star Wars phenomenon, especially with these new movies. You'll get these big Hollywood actors that go, you know what? I know I'm not going to have the lead role, but I love Star Wars and I just want to be in the movie.
1: Sure, because it's like their kids are going to be reading this, and they are. It's funny. Our, our books are being distributed all over, all over the, 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 uh, the Hollywood in crowd up there right now. Yeah. Um, I've, I've shipped some books up to some key connectors and stuff, and I don't want to give names, but it's, handy, it's, it's going into so, so many people's hands. But you know, what's going to happen is their son or daughter will read it and love it because every, I mean that's just what we hear back. That's the feedback. I mean, it's like, I, like I said before, our youngest reader has been seven or oldest reader has been 93 years old. Wow. A woman, read it in five hours loved it. And half of our feedback in our audience are adults. It's moms. In fact, I wanted to say one thing. We won like five more book awards in the last three weeks, God be praised. But uh, one of my most, uh, one of the awards I'm most proud about is we just won gold medal first place for Mom's Choice Award. Nice. So that's a great caveat with the fact that we also won Parents' Choice Gold Medal first place last year.
0: Well, it's something that I think I'll tell you what, as a parent, too, and it's something that I can attest to because I gave a copy to my son, and I think that especially right now with what's going on with COVID-19 that parents could definitely do you know, take the book read it together with your family, because not only are your kids going to enjoy it, but you're going to enjoy it. It is a fast read, and it is just a magical adventure all the way through, and again, you guys are going to learn something along the way because it takes place in the yeah. in the real world.
1: Yeah, we like to call it stealth education, but it's it. Kids are going to learn about edu- they're going to learn about history, geography, which is really important. Geography plays a huge key part. in It. We have five maps in the front, architecture, art, literature, and culture as they read Bridgefield. So it's like you know what more do you want? And it's based on family values. So that's right. You know, come on.
0: Well, we're wrapping up here, uh, and yeah. we're, we're going to get an update. I'd like to have you back on here probably in the summertime because we'll sure. kind of get a good uh, feeling about where this uh, society is going to go with you know, COVID-19 and, and past that. And uh, dive a little bit more into the, the creativity process because there's so much that is important, I think, for the ge- the youth generation growing up and what they can do to take it to the next level. I think we should do an entire show on creativity, Chad.
1: Oh, I would love to do that. And I can totally prep and prepare for it and move it along. Because it's great to talk about it, but you're like, OK, well, what do you mean by creativity and what can I do? Exactly. Um And and to really dive deep and just just talk about some basic things that you can you can implement and really to try to define creativity and and um,
0: well, tell you what, I'm going to give you 60 seconds because we do have to go. Go ahead and tell me why creativity is important to you. And then when I get you back on here in the next show, that's we're just going to focus on creativity. Go ahead
1: yeah, cause I think creativity is at the core of everything. and so and and so so many times two things. One is people think like you're either born creative or you're not. well that's false. Everyone is born creative and as christians, it's it's God's divine spark. He's made us all creative, and some of us might might be more outwardly creative. sometimes your creativity may lay dormant until until it's 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 given an opportunity. and for so many kids, especially that kind of like, say eight to twelve year olds and, and, and beyond, you know, it's like it's it's all it's all the hard science or the mathematics or the testing. And you can't necessarily test creativity because you can't put creativity in a box. But it's at the core of everything. Creativity isn't just about the arts. It's in science. It's in engineering. It's in mathematics. It's in everything. So I think as an element, that's why it's one of the most important skill sets. Number two, you can learn creativity, and number three, creativity is going to be at the forefront of everything. We're, whether we like AI or not, and I'm not an AI fan, it's here. It's going to be taking over the world. Yeah. And um, and just real quick, is some stats, I mean, 90% of all accounting jobs will be replaced in the next five. To Ten years, fifty percent of all all medical field, doctors and nurses will be will be replaced by technology and AI, and forty to fifty percent of all legal jobs. So all these people that are going after mathematics, accounting, engineering, it's going to be replaced. And so you're you're studying for something that's not going to be in existence anymore, or it's going to be offshore to India, one of these other countries. But with creativity. You know, at the core of it, it, it means that you can think outside the box. You're quick on your feet. You don't just think one-dimensional, right or wrong. You look at different different angles of it. You look. You're good at brainstorming. You're good at troubleshooting. You're good at, at problem solving. You know, you got Apple and Google who would hire a candidate with a musical background ten to one because they know if they have that creative musical background and they can read music. There's something within the science of it in the way that it, it helps with the brain. Development, that makes them better managers, better leaders, better in the crisis, better brainstormers, um, and better problem solvers. Just based on music, and they don't ask it directly. But they're looking like if I if I went in and applied and said, "Yeah, I used to play, uh, you know, the violin for for you know in college, and I and I and I wrote music." It's like boom, I'd be ten to one over the MIT grad that 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 you know that graduated top of the class because they know it. They know how important creativity is. As a skill set, it's mm. it's, it's it's what it, it it's what it does to the mind, and uh, we can get into into some of the exercises. I'll just say this real quick. One of my favorite exercises that I've done for schools, some of the middle schools, is we'll do we'll write a script in the class, and so you, you we break up into groups, and so. Uh, we'll break up into groups of like, let's say it's 30 kids. We'll break up into groups of like four or five, and uh, I'll give them some parameters. We'll follow, I have a structure, of kind of a, a certain script structure, and they all have to come up with a with a movie concept. And they've gotten they have five minutes. So what I've already done is, and each 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 kid has to has to pick a leader in that group. So there's a leader that's going to present it. So each one has five minutes. And then I'm going around and I'm kind of helping them with their ideas. And I'm like, it could be a comedy. It could be this. I, I kind of start with the premise that, you know, Paramount Pictures has given us, you know, $75 million to make a movie. What are we going to make? And so already you have kids that are collaborating. You have kids that are communicating. You have kids that are critical thinking, and you have kids being creative. And I've done all that in five minutes, and it's already happening. They're in groups. You have a leader, and then each kid has to get up and pitch the idea. We vote on the best idea, and then from that point on, we start writing the script. and I and I have every everyone involved in it, and I love doing that exercise. We tend to never finish the movie, if you will, but it's really the because pro- you know you only have like an hour. But um, we always get to about midpoint, if you will. But it's, it's what comes out of it. And it's just, it is amazing. These kids just, I mean, they just light up. And the idea is I kid you not, you know, I've done this for like 30 years. The stuff they come up with is amazing, and they're like, well, what if what if the, the brother came from this background? You're like, yes, I like that. And the whole point, all the way through it, is, is you're constantly giving them reinforcement and encouragement. Yeah, that's a great idea, but what about what if we did this? Or, yeah, I like that. I like that. Let's play with that. And so, you know, number one, they're, they're encouraged to speak out, right, with just their opinion, with just an idea. It's not like two plus two is, okay, raise your hand, four. You know, if someone says five, no, you're wrong. You know, and that's just that's the system that they've been placed in. But they have that freedom to just have ideas free flowing, and it's like, well, okay, so what do you guys want to take? You know, so we're going to do We're going to do an action adventure. Where are we going to take place? Okay, so why there? Uh, okay, so is it in current time or is this future? And I'm just all I'm doing is I'm asking them questions, right? And they're answering those questions, and it's just it's it's an amazing, amazing exercise. And I've also done it where where um, you, you you invent a product and you figure out how to market it. So there's all these kind of exercises, and we can get into it deep dive. And it's really quite easy. I come from a, a teaching background and <laughs> and, a, and a management background, so I have all these models and programs. But I'm just saying it's it's just the whole idea of it is just to get them thinking outside the box. Yeah, you know we'll know definitely I mean? deep
0: dive into those yeah. when we do the entire next show on creativity. And I've actually done some of those exercises, even in a college course. And I'll have to say what it even did for me. Yeah, you yeah. don't maybe finish some of these scripts that you're working on because there's other you're, you're building a, a, a skill set, a tool set. But I even came back to those ideas years later. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to finish this. And then you finish it on your own because you have this process that you know so well. So there's a lot we could get into. We're going to get into that next time for an entire show here on Across the County. Chad Stewart.
1: I'll say, I'll, I'll say one thing real quick. There was a teacher. Uh, I did it I at the school in the spring uh, last year. And we got about midpoint. And since then, the the dean or principal said, uh, oh, we we came back and we finished the movie.
0: (laughs) Yep. Isn't that cool? That's right. Well, well, especially if you work work on a script like that and you don't, okay, you don't have time to finish it. And you're so engaged in the story because you're you're excited about where the characters are going. It's kind of like a no-brainer. I have to finish this, even if it's years later.
1: Well, there's so much more behind it, too. It is it is the exercise. It's a hugely creative exercise. It hits the four Cs, creativity, critical thinking, communication, and collaboration. But also what it does is um, it also helps foster one of the most important skill sets beyond creativity, and that's storytelling. And I did a lot of research like where I, I was working on my uh, master's. The, that's going to eventually be a Ph.D. up at, at Drucker. And I, and I researched a lot of our alums, and these, guys, these were people that, that graduated from you know, every industry you could imagine, you know, nonprofit, um, finance, uh, consulting. And I did a deep dive in asking them these questions. I wrote this whole sort of thesis on it. I was working with a great professor up there. And the two skills that resonated the most, that were the most important skills across the board in every industry, was creativity and storytelling. Yep. And if you think about it, storytelling is everything. When, when I'm interviewed, I'm telling you a story, and my resume is telling you a story. When I write a memo, or I pitch an idea, or or a project, or I write whatever I write, it's storytelling. And the, and, and the stronger and the more clear and the more compelling those stories are is the difference between failure and success, and that's what these kids are learning. They're learning about storytelling and structure.
0: Yeah, we Story need more structure. We need more storytelling. We need more creativity. Yeah. We're going to dive deep, uh, as, as you say, in the next show. Uh, Brickfield right. and the Lost Crown. Uh, I'm sorry, Chad, that the book tour no, no, no. kind of came to a halt, but I'll tell you what, if anything, it's it's, it's going to have more staying power. You guys are going to be able to talk about it longer, and I know in the end, it's all going to be uh, fulfilled anyway, because it's in God's great plan.
1: I appreciate it. Thank you so much for your time. It's been a lot of fun, and, and uh, yeah, let's have some fun. Let's talk about creativity, maybe a little bit more about the film. I I love talking about film, in fact. Um, but
0: yeah, we'll do both of those more. things next time. Britfieldinstitute.org. Check out the 501c3 that is all about creativity, innovation, entrepreneurship, and leadership. And I want you to find out about Britfield and the Lost Crown. Go to Britfield.com. You can even, I believe, still... Chad, can you still get the first chapter on the website for free? Oh, yeah. So if
1: you go to um, uh, BritfieldInstitute.org, you can get the first two chapters for free. We also have a free study guide, 83-page nice. study guide based on national standards. So for any homeschoolers or, or you want to teach it, go, go through it chapter by chapter. Um, we've already had lots and lots of schools across the nation already adapt Britfield into their reading
0: curriculum. Excellent. Kind of exciting. Well, check those out, BritfieldInstitute.org, Britfield.com. Chad Stewart, we'll catch up with you again here shortly. We'll dive more into creativity. I'm excited about it.
1: Beautiful. Thank you.
0: Noah here and Across the County. More coming up. Stay tuned.